So guys, welcome to today's podcast. Today's podcast is number 10. I am joined with uh, my fellow trainer, um, fellow colleague, Alistair Nicholl. He's been on the podcast before and we got a lot of good feedback from it. So I thought I'd bring him on and we'd talk about uh, quite a hot topic right now, which is um, hit training and kind of at-home workouts, etc. And the uh, the benefit of them, the pros and cons of them, and kind of everything involved, and even losing some muscle mass, and kind of different things to consider that rather than just following a herd, you can focus on the stuff that actually matters. So I hope you enjoy, guys. As always, please share this on your Instagram. Let us know that you're enjoying it. Let us know what value you take away from it. And let's go on with the episode. Episode 10, here we go. And welcome to today's podcast. I'm here with Ali. If you've listened to any of the podcasts or followed any of myself or Titan stuff before, you would have seen him most likely before in either some videos or heard them in the last podcast or one of the first podcasts actually so Ali thanks for coming on yeah thanks very much for having me Um, it's been a wee while but it's uh, good to get back on looking forward to catching up today and hoping to help as many people as we can yeah so basically what what we decided to do was to do a podcast on basically losing muscle one are you losing muscle during this kind of lockdown period different ways to maybe go about uh, minimizing that and also why high intensity interval training might not be your best bet when it comes to actually making progress during this time and some pros and cons to to both of them so um we'll probably just i would say just fire into it and um, the first kind of point that i thought would be interesting to to go through was to talk about are you actually losing muscle and things to consider during this time um, so the change, so start off with like training, so the change of training, so what's your thoughts on training and what should people be kind of be trying to adapt now? So it's, it's, it's going to be very much kind of person dependent, but generally speaking, like for most people that have come from a background of being in the gym relatively consistently, training with like relatively decent weights, um, they will have built up a, a decent foundation of muscle to begin with. So translating that into their home-based sessions where maybe they don't have the same equipment. The biggest thing in terms of them actually losing muscle, um, it's very understandable to think that you might, but in actual fact, for you to lose muscle, that is going to be a very, very difficult process to go through. Like You're going to have to do nothing, like really pretty much nothing, like sit in your arse for weeks on end. Um, so... First and foremost, as long as you're really kind of stimulating muscles um, relatively frequently over the course of a week, uh, you will be maintaining that muscle um, and in all likelihood, um, potentially, depending on your setup, even progressing that further. Uh, now, when it comes to like training itself, you probably are going to have to look at increasing the amount that you do because you're probably only going to have maybe a couple of dumbbells, maybe a kettlebell that's going to be relatively light in comparison to what you're doing before. So increasing the amount that you do within a session, increasing the amount of sessions that you do throughout a week. So if you were doing, like, say, for example, like a push-pull legs um, 
like a train system across a week, you probably want to look at changing that to more of either like an upper lower or a full body, um, purely because you don't have the same load to, to train the muscles with, so you're not necessarily going to be as fatigued, so you don't need as much recovery yeah. um, or rest time. The, your frequency needs to then be adapted and be kind of increased as well. And I think I think what people also need to realise is that the, the rep ranges needs to be a lot higher. There's a couple of things that people can do to either um, focus on activating the muscles before they actually go ahead and hit them, which is going to then transfer down the line once they actually go back to the gym, which we spoke about off camera, how, say, for instance, if someone does some sort of isometric hold or something to activate the muscles that they're going to be using and then use them, they'll feel it a lot more. And that's something that people maybe struggle to feel in certain muscle groups that they should then be thinking about adapting to their to their training going forward so that they're actually hitting the muscle groups the, the way that they want to do it. Um, so basically switching your kind of high, like high intensity six reps to something that's uh, either something that's a lot higher um, volume, like 30 reps, or taking something to failure initially um, with, a, with a lot lighter load. Everyone's kind of different in what they've got, but you really can, um, you can do a lot with your body weight and even just a light kettlebell should you have a, a good program. Yeah, like, like um, even introducing things like uh, different tempos, um, doing things like partial reps, um, all these things like are things that you probably don't normally do within your normal sessions and adding them in can actually make you like you said just there fuel your muscles a lot more for example like in a squat if you're really controlling that tempo controlling yourself through the negative even pausing at the bottom and then trying to explode up with like an eight kilo kettlebell do that 30 times <laughs> like yeah. you, your legs are going to fire um, yeah. and you've potentially not really even felt that before so feeling that now and understanding what that feels like when you then go back to the gym and you're training again with maybe that 60 kilo squat that 60 kilo squat is going to feel far more effective on your legs than what it did previously yeah yeah and i i, I think that i think that that is it it's just going to go and you are going to go you're going to feel like you're going backwards but as long as you're not just sticking to doing what you're current we're currently doing uh, or we're previously doing but with a lighter weight, then you're going to do all right because if you're adapting and you are up in the intensity, you're up, you're you're lowering the rest periods potentially to up the intensity that way, and you're adding more stimulus onto your muscles over a shorter period of time. That's going to at least help af afterwards once you go back to normal training. Whereas if say for instance you were to do ten three sets of ten reps, but then you would do that with 60 kilo kilograms and you now got a 10 kilogram kettlebell and you still do three sets of 10 reps obviously there's going to be some form of kind of um adaptation a lot of muscle loss there if you're not stimulating it anywhere near the same amount where that's why you need to adapt so it's all about ad adaptation here you can't just do the same thing as you were previously unless you get an amazing home gym um, yeah. obviously but most people don't have that so in terms of the gym obviously we'll, we'll touch back on kind of what not to do and things um but i thought it'd be good to talk about as well like nutrition and why why people were kind of are, are unsure what to do at this current period of time because there's no there's no end date to it so they don't know how to approach the nutrition because they don't really know 
like what what they have to do one from a muscle loss perspective but two actually just from a perspective of nutrition because they've not got a routine there they've not got the fact that they need to um they, they get up in the morning they have their breakfast they go to work they do it. that routine is broken so kind of tips that we'd kind of spoke about off camera for instance was getting your protein in early doors which you'd spoke about uh which was a was it, what, what was it what was the phrase you, you used yes if you, if you if you think of it like if you can win the morning if you win the morning then you're basically you've already pretty much won the day because um it's that it's that idea of if you are trying to catch up on the day then you've effectively lost to the day you want to be the one in control and not let the day run you so you run the day don't let it run you so if that even comes to a nutrition uh, perspective and you're someone that does struggle to get your protein in you want to get a good chunk of that in, in as, like with your breakfast. So, like what you said um, off camera, a good 40, 50 grams. Like you, your goal is probably anywhere from like 100 to 150 grams for the majority of people. For guys, maybe slightly more. But yeah. um, if you're getting a good third of that in before like nine, ten o'clock in the morning, <laughs> like you're onto a winner. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think I think that's the thing, and it comes it comes down to people being prepared for for the weekly shop like at the, at the end of the day i kind of touched on it in one of the previous podcasts about people thinking that they've got a routine and actually someone um sent me a a list today I won't see who, who it is but she knows who she is she sent me a list of stuff that she wants to do and it was like i want to do this on monday tuesday wednesday and, and so on right but the the issue with that is that i think it's good to, a good idea to segregate your your weekdays to weekends but if there's if there's so much fluctuation even during the week you're you don't you don't know whether you're coming or going i'm doing this then i'm doing this and doing this it's all well and good having that on paper but unless you have some form of routine to where you get up in the morning you've got these things and that all comes down to actually going out your your shop it might be difficult to get everything in right now but um i guarantee you you will be able to if you actually have a sit down think about Right, what, I'm, what am I going to do? I'm going to buy five lots of that because I'm going to have that every day, Monday to Friday. And then, um, and th- there is a level of consistency that you need there because if you don't have that, you will just run away with it and it'll, it'll turn from one thing into the next, into the next that's not going to benefit you long term because eventually it'll get to a stage where you've completely lost your routine and you just, everything's out the window. So trying to maintain that structure and it's allowing yourself a little bit of flexibility but not too much that there's there's going to be too many fluctuations there so it's all about stuff in bulk and creating stuff in bulk to where it's going to last you the the full week where you've got your routine and then you can you can be a wee bit more lax at the weekend with with your routine so yeah. that that's that would be my recommendation anyway and i think that goes to what most people are probably feeling at the moment and i've had a lot of clients you've probably had it the same where they, everyone feels like every day is just blending into one yeah. there's no differentiation between the week weekend so if you can try and create that thing um, at the start that's going to be a big help but yeah. in terms of like how much actual protein you should be consuming at the moment to at least maintain the muscle you've already got it goes back to the initial guidelines of anywhere from like 0.8 to I think what 1.2 grams per pound. So you're talking like for most people, keep it simple, a gram per pound of yeah. body weight um, is going to be more than sufficient. 
And if you're consistent with that, like what you probably should have been and probably were before all of this, then you're going to be fine. So in that regard, like nothing really changes. Maybe initially over the past couple of weeks, your food availability was maybe a little bit less. But I think now most places are pretty good with what they've got in. There might be the odd thing every now and again, like yeah, eggs. There's not, there's not that. There's not that level of panic anymore, um, as as much. So, uh, like people aren't. I don't. The shocks aren't as crazy anymore. Like before, you'd go in. There's literally nothing. Like no bread or anything. No. So, so from that that perspective, I think that things are a lot more calmed down. So, and I think people are a lot more calmed down as well. So it's about just, like you said, planning ahead. You can plan ahead for the week, like what you probably did before. Yeah. So if you planned in certain meals that you know that you enjoy, that you can make in bulk, mm-hmm. then that's what you just go back to. There's nothing like, there's no special thing that you need to do. There's no magic trick. It's just going back to where you were previously and trying to create maybe I don't want to touch too much on routine, but the routine that you had before that was working for you, look at that again and think, right, how can I adapt that to my home environment? Especially if you're someone that's working from home. Yeah. Try and create the same structure. Yeah, no, 100%. Because then it's going to be easier to then go back to when you're um, when you're back to work and you're back to kind of normality, so to speak. Um, in terms of like what, so that's stuff that we suggest to do. In terms of what not to do, um, this is also kind of we're, we're basically just flipping this on its head but we kind of touched a wee bit on high intensity interval t- training so there's there's a pro and con to it so there's a there's a pro that when you are when you are doing high intensity interval training that you are one getting fitter you're burning a lot of calories because most likely a lot of people are sitting in the bum a lot more and they're, they're doing a lot less and there's loads of endorphins and everything released when you do it. When you do a hit workout, it is great. But at the end of the day, doing that five times a week, is that going to be beneficial to you in the long term? Mm, probably not because it just mean, it means that when people go back to what, what they were doing previously, they're going, to, they're going to really struggle because they're used to doing hit. And when, when they haven't hit the muscles the same way that they've done them, then they're, they're going to be struggling. So that there's, there's, there's pros and cons. To, to everything and in terms of like actually their their central nervous system how their body reacts to it it's, it's going to be difficult for them to maintain that long term as well it's all well and good doing it for a week but I've noticed fatigue and my own clients and we are even trying now to uh, as you've seen like do more of a kind of encompassing thing to where we are hitting muscles but not necessarily just doing burpees all the time and yeah. so although it might feel as if you're doing more when it do, when when that happens and the grand scheme of things it's probably not the best way to approach it yeah like you can't always be at 100 miles an hour like you're not going to that's not sustainable and um, there's always got to be periods of time where you back off a wee bit um, and yet changing how you train is is good to do because you get to experience different aspects of general fitness and you notice benefits like what you said about doing like HIT is good in the sense of it does build up that cardiovascular fitness. It does release those good endorphins. But over time, if you're trying to do that, like two, three, four weeks in a row at the same intensity, you are going to burn yourself, not burn yourself out, but you're going to, you're going to like struggle to recover from that and be able to hold that level 
that you set from the get-go, that's going to be tough to maintain that. Yeah. So, and that can lead to a bit of a, a negative mindset in the sense that oh, I, thought, I thought I was getting fitter, now I'm just going backwards. It's not the case, but it's just understanding that you can't always be at this level up here. Sometimes you've got to bring it back down a couple of notches to get the reward of actually trying to then progress further. Um, but in terms of actual muscle loss and actually trying to maintain muscle, um, it's again, it's that all or nothing approach. We don't want to be doing just hip. We want to be doing a bit of, you know, making sure that we are stimulating the muscles that we have been engaging previously, um, as well as getting the benefits of doing some form of cardiovascular work um, to then notice down the line when you do get back in the gym that you're either finding that you can do higher rep sets at a greater intensity, you can do more general work at a greater intensity to get a greater reward from that. Yeah. And I think I think I think that's the thing is people need to try and look at the silver lining of this, right? It's obviously not ideal that we're not able to go in and deadlift and whatever we were doing before and squat and, and so on. But there's a lot of things um which I spoke to you about that going back to um foundations is going to be really beneficial for people because I'd say a good ninety percent of people that train in the gym haven't got an amazing foundation and gradually they 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 kind of get the, they, they blow the cobwebs away of their form and just through time it gets better. But there's a lot of people that could go back a few steps to then go forward um, quicker and better, more yeah, efficiently. Yeah. Um, so let's take the squat, for instance. Like people's, might, people might have tight hips, tight hamstrings, so maybe this is a chance to focus on develop, developing them, um, focus on their glutes, focus on their mobility. Um, and then when they go back in a few weeks' time, similar to what you said, um, or a few months' time, who knows, then they'll be in a lot better position um, then to kind of to go from there. So it's building that foundation um, that might take a wee bit of humility to actually do, because right now you and me included don't do enough mobility because we probably don't value it enough because it doesn't give us a pump or it doesn't give us... The, the same endorphin release that other stuff does, but we know how we do know how important it is as well. So it gives us a, a chance and you guys watching or listening to 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 understand that and just accept that as well. So it's definitely something to to consider. Um rather than just focus on I'm losing so much strength, how can I benefit this in the long run? And that's that's most likely one of them. In terms of losing strength, you're probably going to be losing a little bit, would you not agree? Um, yeah. Like that, that is probably going to be, that is always going to be there, and um, based on current kind of home workouts and things, and um, the strength curve will go back up quite drastically um, as you go back to it. But I definitely think that this is something that people shouldn't lose sleep over. Just get as much in as you can um, during this time as a level of maintenance, and don't freak out about it. Yeah, yeah, like um, you got to think of strength as like skill. And if you're not practicing that skill, then it's unfortunately it is going to drop off. But that doesn't mean that it's dropped off forever. Um, like you just said, the your ability to build that strength back comes back really quick. Mm. Um, and that's why uh, at the moment it's good to have other things to focus on um, and focus on these other areas like mobility. Um, because they will benefit you down the line when you do get back in. 
Um, however, like even with you losing that little bit of strength, it doesn't mean to say that you've then lost loads of muscle because you're not training with the same load. Yeah. So there's that kind of misconception of, oh, I'm, I'm squatting 100 kilos. So if I'm not squatting 100 kilos, I'm going to lose. Like my legs are going to shrink. Mm-hmm. It's not the case. There's other things that we can do that, yes, we've, and as we stated at the start, we're going to potentially have to do a bit more work with lighter weight. Yeah. But as long as you're doing that same overall amount of um, volume, or basically work, to put it simply, yeah. um, you're going to maintain that at least where you've got, if not even potentially develop other areas of strength that you're going to be able to transfer down the line. Yeah. So don't don't be tied into thinking that you have to do X, Y, and Z movement to build strength and therefore build muscle. So many other things that we can do to kind of maintain that muscle mass. But yeah, strength may drop off, but it will come back. It's it's not like it's gone forever. It's yeah. literally just kind of it's it's purely based down to that skill acquisition. Yeah, and I, I think I think as well, people need to listen to what actually. Well, I always kind of shy away from this comment because there's there's some part of it that people use as an excuse. But like, um, listen to what your body's saying to you. So if you're doing hit classes and you're feeling fatigued, you're feeling your knees are sore all the time. There's maybe a, a wee telltale sign there that maybe you should be doing. Well, one, maybe you should like not do as much hit as uh, like explosives, so like squat jumps and these sorts of things. Are you feeling sick after every workout? Like. Is that going to be sustainable long term? Is that what you is that what you want? Is that what you signed up signed up for the gym for? No. Like let's say pushing to the point where you're sick burns an extra hundred calories, right? Which it may burn an extra fifty calories, it may burn an extra hundred calories to push to that level, right? With the the limited rest, right? But in the grand scheme of things, does that realistically in your brain make you go, I want to go back to the gym? And I want to go, or I want to go back to the gym, or I want to go back to working out because I can't wait to feel sick again. Whereas, if you take that feeling of sickness away and you you replace it with the endorphins that you get, and you feel good after a workout, you've worked hard, but you've not overworked. You've not. I don't like using the word overtrained, either. But you know what I mean. As in, you've not you've not overdone it um, for what you're capable of right there and then. You're not you're not an athlete, most likely. Most people listening won't be athletes. So why why push to that level to where um, you're not enjoying it? So if you're not enjoying it, just stick to something that you're comfortably uncomfortable with. That's the kind of I would say a good kind of overall umbrella to how difficult should you be training? Comfortably uncomfortable. So like yes, push past the level that you think, and most people don't do that initially. But then also some people think that they go to a trainer, oh, they've made me feel sick, that must make me do, uh, that must mean they're a good trainer, uh, they're doing a good workout. Not necessarily the case. Um, I have made clients sick in the past, and you have as well, but it's not my main goal. My main goal is to push them to a point that they they stimulate their, their muscles and they feel as if they've got a good workout, and the pushing to the point of sickness isn't, um, it's a wee bit sadistic, is it not? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's never a goal of, of mine, uh, certainly. Um, like, I don't ever have a client come in to me and say, like, uh, my goal for the next 10 weeks is I want to be sick every week. Uh, like, that's just, it's not something that ever uh, anyone ever thinks. But for some reason, um, there is a bit of a, a mentality out there that uh, if you're 
your trainer's making you sick, then you know they must be like, oh, they work hard, they push me really to my limits. But like, okay, fine. But yes, they're definitely pushing you to your limits and beyond. But yeah. is that really beneficial? Is that actually teaching you anything? Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. Like it yeah. shows maybe a bit of a um, a lack of knowledge and understanding from the trainer's perspective as to how to actually train that client. Yeah, um, and I, and I think that also builds up through time. If you were to trust in a trainer that doesn't make you sick, through time you'll get a better result. And I'm not saying that if you make someone sick, you're a shit trainer. What I'm saying is that the 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 whole goal of this is to progress someone in a way that they feel comfortable and safe in the gym and the gym environment are obviously talking about gyms where we're not allowed in them right now but the the whole environment of going to do a workout is something that's safe something that um they look forward to and through a period of time say 12 weeks and every week you were being sick that's not something you're going to be looking forward to whereas your goal as a trainer should be to make them feel comfortable, make them feel as if they're making progress. And if you're constantly making them feel sick, then they're just going to constantly feel inadequate. It's like, for instance, whenever I do abs with clients, right, and they've maybe got um, tight glutes or um, they'll get a sore lower back, then I'll always give them a regression that doesn't hurt the lower back because it's not my job to then focus on um, focus on building the areas that need to build in order to not get a sore lower back for that 10 minutes that they're doing we can do yeah. that later on um but just having them go through and they're feeling it in their neck and their back and all the places and then they just end up hating that part of the workout there's always ways to give them regressions to where they feel a bit more um as if they're able to do it there's nothing worse than everyone that i've spoken to that has had a trainer in the past and the trainer has made them feel inferior, either one, laughing at them, um, two, saying other things to them that's that's that not really acceptable as a trainer. We are meant to be there to to be a kind of guiding hand and help them through it. And if you're saying, if you're kind of saying, no, you can do this, when really realistically, I've seen people, when I've been in commercial gyms, more, more than Titan, obviously, but when I've been in co- commercial gyms, um trainers just like squatting or having a client squat a ridiculous amount of weight that's just sh- they shouldn't be doing and they're saying yeah. push it push it push it it's not about pushing it have you taken them back to basics and it goes back to what our point earlier on about touching on those foundations and how they don't they don't they've not built them up yet so um it's definitely something that if you are listening to this and you're a trainer it's maybe just a wee bit of a what's the word inexperience or um lack of lack of knowledge and a bit of humility you need to accept now to to then readjust your training methods to from that to that because there's making people sick and there's working people hard so um and you should be able to find that balance if you're a trainer worth your soul and i think it's, it's even just like if that is how you maybe train people at the moment and you feel like you know you're not necessarily adapted you don't know how to adapt your sessions to home workouts well just look at exactly that going back to foundations so bringing it back so that your clients can understand how they should be doing a body weight squat how they can do an effective hip hinge how they can do an effective lunge pattern like all these sorts of things like you, that you don't need a lot of body weight but if you can get them to do that on their own or even through a zoom session whatever it is um they're going to thank you for that when it comes that to 
getting back into the gym or even just in the meantime because they're starting to feel things more than what they were before they're maybe not feeling as much pain uh, than what they might have been in certain joints yeah so if you can adapt that that's going to skill you up as well you're going to level yourself up and you're going to get greater um feedback from your clients they're then going to talk to other people the fact that you're giving them all this this help that's been invaluable to them in this time um that's really going to help to grow you down the line as well so there's no. so many different takeaways that you can take from right now um but yeah we've, we've kind of really went off the whole losing losing muscle <laughs> yeah, i think I, we, co- we covered it anyway we just we're just basically going on to the next topic there so uh, it's, it's so so easily done but um, yeah Basically, kind of to round up for, for people, just so they've got a few kind of action steps to take away from this. So we, first of all, we basically spoke about um, how your your training needs to now be adapted. So adapting your training from whatever you were doing before with your strength to a lot higher reps, maybe going to sets to failure, maybe pre, pre-engaging the muscles um, to actually be able to stimulate them the same sort of way. Um, shortening the rest periods these are things that you should focus on with training in terms of nutrition focus on getting your protein in early focus on getting your um one gram per pound maybe a wee bit more than that during this time if you are a more experienced lifter and you really don't want to go about losing but most people um that should be absolutely fine for them um then what not to do so don't just do five hit sessions a week six hit sessions a week that'll come to a point where it's going to be be too much one in your joints for the general population two on the fact that um you're just not seeing any progression there and um three just just basically general fatigue um then also what not to do in terms of nutrition don't get up in a rush and grab a bit of toast and be chasing your tail all day because there's no way that you're going to get a protein in there's no way you're going to have any structure in your day so getting a good routine in um was another point in terms of losing strength it probably will happen but muscle memory will kick in as you start to i've basically covered the podcast within about five minutes um, and um and then and then focusing on that focusing on the the fact that that this will come back so what other areas can we focus on stuff like mobility uh, going back to basics a little bit um and maybe a little bit of cardio maybe pick up a new skill focus on a couple of things that you maybe neglected before so that kind of covers mostly mostly everything um that we spoke about but in general um it's it's not don't don't freak out about it you will be just continue to do something don't press pause on the whole fitness thing and you'll be just fine so um if you need any help feel free to message myself and or Ali via Instagram. Uh, Inecho Fitness is your Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm right. I'm, am I right? Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and um, yeah, you know where to find me guys on Instagram. So that was today's episode of the Get a Grip Show. Are you losing muscle in hot, uh, lock, hot down? <laughs> lockdown? <laughs> and uh, some high intensity interval training and stuff in there and kind of a few action steps so i hope you enjoyed if you did take any value away from this podcast please be sure to share this um on your social media it really helps us grow the podcast and um, tag myself and ali in it and we'll share it on our socials as well um thanks a lot for listening guys and thanks a lot for coming on ali yeah thanks again um, and i look forward to hearing your guys feedback like so as i said any questions let us know um, and we'll hear from you all very soon cheers guys